This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Since I'm telling the story just before Purim, I wanted to share two stories connected to Amalek. And before I start, I have to explain what is the significance of Amalek. So Amalek was a tribe in biblical times who went and attacked the Jewish people after they had left Egypt. And you would think, well, what's the big deal? People attack people all the time. Nations attack nations all the time. But here, the nation of Amalek and everybody in the ancient world had heard or seen the miracles that Hashem had done openly for the Jewish people when they left Egypt. And to come and attack the Jewish people after they were openly, miraculously taken out of the deepest, darkest places of Egypt meant that the tribe of Amalek was essentially saying, we don't believe in God. We don't believe in the significance of the Jewish people and their connection to God. And so Amalek is symbolic of always the nations that attack the Jews. And Haman, who of course is the villain, in the book of Esther, is said to be a descendant of Amalek. And also the negative energy in the world that brings about doubt, because the numeric value, the gematria, of Amalek is safek, which means doubt. And what does that mean? That means that when we have questions, when we're doubting, should I keep kosher? Should I wear a kippah? Should I keep Shabbos? Should I identify as a Jew? All of those questions are coming from a place of Amalek. And on the holiday of Purim, we wipe out Amalek. And how do we do that? by overcoming those fears, by getting high, not on alcohol or drugs, but on the holiday itself, on the energy that's coming down on the holiday of Purim itself. And when we connect with that energy and overcome our doubts and embrace our Judaism, that's when we defeat Amalek. So here are two stories somewhat related to this concept. There was an Orthodox Jew from somewhere in New Jersey who had accidentally killed an old non-Jewish man in a car accident. And even though the courts found him to be not guilty because it wasn't intentional at all, he couldn't get rid of the pain that he felt and the guilt that he felt for killing another person. And he couldn't sleep and he couldn't eat and he was really falling apart and he didn't know what to do. So he decided to send a letter to the great rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky in Bnei Brak and ask him for a tikkun, for how to do tshuva, how to fix the damage that had been done to his soul by accidentally killing this old man. And when the rabbi wrote back to him, he wrote one word, and the word was Amalek. And that's it. He didn't say anything else. And unfortunately for this Jew in New Jersey, it didn't give him any comfort. He didn't understand the answer, and he continued not being able to eat and sleep. So at some point, this Jew in New Jersey, he decided he just had to move to a new town. And maybe, you know as they say, when you change your place, your luck changes, your fortune changes. So he thought maybe if he moved to a new town, he'd be able to stop thinking about the accident. And so he started looking for a new house. And he found a house not so far away from where he lived before that he liked. And the owners were very eager to sell the house because it was an inheritance from their father who had passed away recently in a car accident. So this Jew started asking them, Tell me some details about this car accident. How old was your father? And they started telling, type of car he drove, 
when it happened and how it happened. And this Jew realized that this house belonged to the old man that he had accidentally killed. And he was besides himself. And he, of course, didn't say anything to the family. But he figured, okay, now he's in the house of the man that he killed. Accidentally, of course. Maybe he could learn something more about him. Maybe it would make him feel a little better. At least he knew who this man was. And he asked the family if it would be okay if he walked around the house and checked it out. And they said, yes, of course. And he went from room to room. And then he went into the basement of the house. He goes down the stairs. And he sees there's a box. And it's half open. And it has all kinds of things in it, including photographs. And he goes and looks at the pictures. And he sees a picture of the old man that he had accidentally killed when he was a young man proudly wearing an SS uniform of the Nazis, standing right next to Hitler with a big smile on his face. It turned out that this old man had been an officer in the Nazi army during the Holocaust. And after the war, he escaped to the United States and hid his past. Not only had he been a Nazi, but he had made a list of names of all the Jews that he had killed himself. And so this Jew, he takes the list and starts reading over all the names. And on the list of names, he finds the names of both of his parents on the list. And then he understood why Rabbi Kanievsky had sent him that one word answer, Amalek, because it's true that the old man had been killed by accident. But it was Hashkacha Pratit, divine intervention, that Hashem brought it about that the son would be able to avenge the murder of his parents by this old man who had once been a Nazi and escaped to America. Here's one more story for you. There was a young man who studied in the Mir Yeshiva in Me'er Sharim, in the holy city of Jerusalem. And he had been going out on Shaduchim, going out on dates, for many years now. And every time he went out with some girl, after the first date, she would tell the Shadchanit, the matchmaker, that she wasn't interested in meeting this boy again. And it happened every time, no matter who the girl was. And he went out with maybe a hundred of them or more. And every time they would see him, and they would say, not for me. Now, the reason for this was because this young man had a huge scar on his cheek. It was very big, and it healed in a strange way, and it was very hard to look at. And it so frustrated him, because he knew he was a good person. And people were just looking at the outside, and they weren't looking at who he was on the inside. And so after many years of this, and being frustrated, he decided to visit the great rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Kenievsky, the same rabbi that I mentioned in the previous story. And he comes to him and he says, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be alone. I want to get married. I want to be a husband and a father. And the rabbi said, no, what's the problem? I said, you see this big scar on my face? Every time a girl meets me, she doesn't want to go out on the next date because of it. 
and I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Please, you have to help me. So the rabbi looked at the young man and he said to him, listen, next time you meet a girl, right away, at the beginning of the conversation, tell her about your scar. Tell her how you got it and how it makes you feel. Speak of it with confidence and don't be ashamed. And may Hashem bless you that you'll find the right person at the right time and get married. So he says, man, thinks, all right, you know, I've never tried that before. True, it's something different. But it still doesn't change the fact that I have this disgusting scar on my face and nobody wants to marry me because of it. Hashem, why did you do this to me? And how could you do this to me? So a few months later, he gets another shidduch offer. And the girl is described to him as a very special, outgoing, full of energy, beautiful girl. And he right away said he's not interested in the shidduch. And the shidduchanit said, why would you turn this down? There's only good things about this girl. She's wonderful. She's positive. And she hasn't found the right person either. And you haven't found the right person. So maybe it'd be a good match. Isn't it worth it for you to at least meet her? He thought to himself, you know, I'm just going to get rejected again because of this scar. But then he remembered the words of Rabbi Kanievsky. He said, you know what? I'm going to try the rabbi's advice this time. So he said, okay, I'll meet her. And just like she was described, she was exceptionally beautiful and very charming and sweet and positive. And this young man, as soon as he saw her, he said a little prayer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Hashem. And he said, Hashem, why are you making me suffer so much? Putting such a wonderful person in front of me when she's just going to reject me like everyone else. You have a strange sense of humor, Hashem. You really do. But maybe, Hashem, maybe you can help her look past my scar and see the person that I really am and let me marry a beautiful person like this. So right away at the beginning of the conversation, the young man said to this beautiful girl, I'm sure you noticed that I have this terrible scar on my cheek. And I've gone out with maybe a hundred people or more, and they all turned me away because of it. And so I went to Rabbi Kanievsky, and he told me at the beginning of the next date to tell the story of how I got this scar. So would you please be kind enough to listen to my story? And she sat up straight, put her hands on her knees, and stared him right in the eye, and said, please, tell me what happened. I really want to hear it. And so he told her, it was several years ago. He was 20 years old. He was coming home late at night after learning in the Mir Yeshiva, and all the streets of Mea Sharim were dark and deserted. And all of a sudden, he hears a cry. He hears a young girl screaming, and he runs towards her, and he sees that there's an Arab terrorist running after this young Jewish girl, and she's crying and screaming in fear. And without even thinking, he immediately chased after the terrorist, caught up with him, grabbed him long enough for the girl to run away. But as he was holding him on the ground, and people had come out of their homes and had called the police and they were on their way. The terrorist took out a knife and cut him on his face. And even though he's alive, Baruch Hashem, now he's stuck with this terrible scar on the side of his face. And he looked up at the girl and he said, so now you understand where it's from. And he sees that she was crying. She was even shaking a little bit. And he was surprised to see how emotional she was. And then she said to him, I never thought that I would find you. Since that day, I always wondered who was the person who had saved me. Is he okay? I never knew his name. And me and my family always wanted to thank him. And now the young man with the scar is looking at the girl. He says, you're the girl whose life I saved? He said, I never knew. You know, immediately after that, they took me to the hospital. I was in the hospital for months because of the injuries. And I never knew whose life I saved. And isn't it amazing how Hashem brought us back together? said, you know, you're such a beautiful girl and such a beautiful person. I wish I didn't have this scar and I could marry somebody like you. And she looked at him 
And she said, you are going to marry somebody like me. Because I was hoping that one day, Hashem would put you in front of me on a date so that I could thank you for what you did for me and I could marry you. Because what could be greater than somebody who's willing to give up his life for me even though he didn't know who I was? And Baruch Hashem, the couple is still happily married today. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. May Hashem bless everybody with the sweetest, highest Purim a Purim that's much higher than any Yom Kippurim you ever had, that revealed good should come down in avalanches, and you should have a spiritual elevation on the day of Purim that changes your life for the better, forever. Good Purim, my sweetest friends. Good Purim. Good Purim. Good Purim. Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends, as always. I want to thank one of the new contributors to this podcast, Israel Drutman of Johannesburg, South Africa, and his family. Thank you so much for becoming a contributor, a supporter of this podcast. As you know, if you've listened to many of the episodes, and there's 163 so far, this podcast is supported by listeners like you. And what does that mean? That means that I spend literally hours every week searching through piles of stories, recording the stories, editing the stories, adding the sound effects, putting it on the distribution platforms, and spreading it out to the world. And when you give a little contribution, it really helps me out, makes my day. It's a nice way of showing how much you care about this work, and I'm truly grateful for it. Support comes in all kinds of ways. Of course, I always appreciate your comments, really appreciate the comments, and I really appreciate the financial contributions that people give as well. You know, Baruch Hashem, my wife and I just finished marrying off our two daughters. It's pretty amazing how everything came together. And still many more kids to come. Bezat Hashem, Besha Tova. So, whenever you feel like it, head over to my website, hasidicstory.com, H-A-S-I-D-I-C, story.com, and you'll see a link there to become a supporter. Any amount makes a big difference and everything is greatly appreciated. So thank you again to Yisrael and his family, and may everybody be blessed with light and joy.